today's conversation goes from America to Haiti to Mexico, Japan, and all over the world. Today we're talking about people all over the world and how they answer the question, is Jesus enough? Thank you for joining us. And welcome to The Truth Response. The Truth Response. Well, you like The Office and stuff like that. I don't want to ask you more interest. I don't care about it. A lot of people like The Office there. Yeah, but The Office is dumb. Except the wire. You can send that to Derek. Uh, just title title it Derek at the truth response at gmail.com. There you go. Derek at the truth response. No, at just, gmail. just uh, the truth response at gmail.com. Put Derek in the, the subject, subject line. The subject line. <laughs> yeah. You could also write I hate Derek if you'd like. <laughs> we, we'll could. understand. Yep. I would understand. Yep. Since he's the one who che- he's the only one that checks it, I think. Yep. So, since this is going to get posted, obviously, after Sunday, um, this Sunday, we're, we technically did? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I feel weird about the whole past tense talking. So, we're recording this on Wednesday, coming up to Sunday, but it posts the following week. So, um, Sunday, we are doing, like at church, an underground... Uh, church Sunday, and so we're gonna be doing some some interesting uh, things. Things, yeah, it's interesting things. So like we're we normally have all the lights going, and we have haze. band and haze, and and you know a platform that people are speaking from. Are we? We're not. Nope. Okay, yeah, no I didn't platform. think so. And oh, we're taking the platform out. Yeah, Correct. and. Like, we live stream and all these things. And this Sunday, not doing any of that. Nope. Not any of it at all. To cover the stage? We don't have a big curtain to cover the stage. No. Um, So, we're going to do acoustic worship, unplugged completely. Um, Nick's going to preach. Unplugged. Unplugged completely. completely. He's, Are you going to preach from the floor? Yep. Is yeah, anybody, he's, no, he's, he's going to preach from the floor. Yeah, only the front row is going to be able to see me, but <laughs> yeah. that's hey, the you know point. What? That's, yeah, that's the point. The lights are even going to be dim. We're just going to have some Edison bulbs. Those, like, cave lights? What's so you can read? If, oh, I should. <laughs> stand in the back. If you can't stand, go sit in the front. I'm going to wear a headlight. Right. <laughs> You're going to wear a headlight? I might. To, to blind so everyone? my notes. So we're just we're just shaking things up a little bit. We're going to... We're going to have a little bit more curvature, I think, to the room, I think is maybe. part of the point, maybe. We haven't really shaken things up yet, but uh, we're going to pre-record our, our streaming for Sunday, so uh, the focus is... Do communion a little bit different? Yeah, do communion a little bit different. Focus is definitely to, to draw attention to the fact that we are the most blessed country in the entire world, that we, as Christians, get to um, freely worship with lights and we can afford these things that like crazy lights and we can have all these instruments and get all fun with a lot of the things that we do 
but also the fact that it kind of takes over what the real meaning behind our worship is. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, I mean, it's really getting back to what the heart of worship really is all about. Um, Which we're going to, that's one of the songs because I've heard my husband practicing it. (laughs) It is, it is one of the songs. Um, we're going to be sharing from the book Jesus Freaks by DC Talk, mm-hmm. um, which talks about martyrs around the world um, for for our faith, and uh, so it's it's going to be it's going to be a really let's get back to the heart of what worship really is all about, mm-hmm. what the heart of being a Christian is all about, um, and and the fact that we don't need all the glam and fancy. Uh, in fact, really, you know, some some churches don't even have a whole copy of the Bible, um, which is an interesting thought to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know a lot of times on here we we do a lot of devil's advocate or just argue um, our our own viewpoints sometimes, um, but it it really it really is something to to be thankful for that we are able to have a Bible literally everywhere we go in our pockets. Mm-hmm. We can access Bible and historical knowledge and even arguments to defend our faith that can be at a click of a button. Um, there's some great resources out there like Cross-Examined has an app mm-hmm. with a lot of frequently asked questions or frequently held beliefs that and how to refute them and, and, and discuss them. Um, Cross-Examined has a lot of really cool apologetics which is defending the christian faith um or at least defending what you believe um resources and lectures and stuff uh so yeah that's that's just a little intro into Mm -hmm. to what we kind of want to talk a little bit about today um maybe dig a little into uh the world and and the state of the world today uh and the fact that there's there's still third world countries that have not have not had the chance to hear about jesus Mm -hmm. and even in a world full of technology um like what we have you know and and the fact that we can be anywhere at a click of a button we can see anything we can bring up any kind of topic you know um but so that's that's kind of a preview of uh where we're going from our perspective and uh what we've already done for those of you who are listening mm-hmm. um but yeah how was it yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think was it cool yeah write us okay. at I the truth response. Say it was good yeah. <laughs> um have you guys seen the the guys on youtube the i don't know what country they're from probably like probably somewhere southern asia but um, it's like the two guys who build houses in the woods out of random stuff. It's like primitive builder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have they have like a million different channels, and it's all the same guys. Hmm. That maybe there's like a couple guys that they like cycle in. Like they've got a team of four guys, and two guys do a video, mm-hmm. you know. But they have so many channels with so many subscribers, and they probably have like a lot of money coming in and it's crazy because most of that money probably goes to like the local warlords <laughs> who are like forcing them to make these videos <laughs> wow i shouldn't like, laugh because it's probably that's true my theory like, it's like, like <laughs> these guys, why why would you make this video and 
make different versions of this video to post on like 20 different channels hmm. if you're not being forced to do it. And you've watched them, every one of I've them. I've watched all of them. Yeah. I usually watch them on like times two speed because I can't just sit there and waste away 20 well, minutes. But you've just answered your question. Because people are watching them. Because <laughs> people are watching them. I mean, why, why does anything get made anymore? Yeah. Like these, like all the TikTok videos and all the stupid things that, like, well, that there are a the lot. Question, why is Nick Cage making movies still? <laughs> oh, no we're not going to go there. No, making, I am watching he's those. He's making a movie about himself. I am still watching. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, I am still watching your videos. Um, not that you're listening to me, but I'm still watching your movies. So Sadly. I think we should tag him in this episode, maybe. There you go. I don't know. I don't know if we can tag people. I don't know. We need to start doing YouTube. Yeah. So we can tag people. Yeah. 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 So. You got to get yeah. the set made. Yeah. Anybody got any experiences with some of the the third world countries maybe that they want to share, like how church goes and, and some of those? Not Maybe not, I don't know if you've got any underground church experience, but... Yeah. Um, mm. This isn't really a church story, but it's a... Um, I don't know how third world Mexico is, but some of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are... Mexico's weird because there are some like big cities and then there's some super country areas Mm -hmm. where like nothing happens um but i know uh the the mission trip that the youth group did um a couple years ago it was more than a couple years ago it was a while ago um but everyone got or a bunch of the people who went got food poisoning and the way that they handled it was like super sketchy <laughs> like they didn't tell them what they were giving them they just started like giving them shots and stuff <laughs> and it was like hmm <laughs> take this shot yeah. it's tequila yeah. it's okay it heals everything in mexico did it work i think so i think they're all fine now so <laughs> they've all survived so it, it must have worked it didn't not work <laughs> something i found interesting in in pursuing uh, understanding some of the persecuted church underground church things like that in the world is Mexico is actually one of the top 50 countries in the world for persecuted Christians. Mm -hmm. It was like number somewhere in the thirties or the forties. And it's like, you know, in, in proximity to where we are to Mexico and missions teams and things like that, that go there. And even, even some of the Roman Catholic roots that exist there, it's still considered a, a hostile place for, for Christians who are living out their faith. And the reason being is you've got, warlords, drug lords, um, who basically control the economy of Mexico in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. And when you have Christian groups that are standing up and doing good things and helping and even even as far as proselytizing, evangelizing, um, you know, and, and helping people change their lives, that becomes a detriment to those guys. So what do they do? They kill people. They burn down their churches. Mm-hmm. They make sure they feel influenced in a way that they ought not or shouldn't share the gospel mm-hmm. or live out the gospel, at least. Mm-hmm. So one year, uh, my my family and some people from our church went on a missions trip to Mexico, mm-hmm. to to what I call real Mexico, <laughs> um, not, not a tourist Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, because that's 
know, obviously, but it's, it's uh, like two different countries. Mm-hmm. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't really speak to that because I've not been to tourist Mexico, but I've been to real Mexico. <laughs> you know, tourist Mexico. And, I've seen the movies. <laughs> and uh, it's it was just south of the border uh, from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go go south of Phoenix, um, about an hour or so um, past the border. And uh, Breaking Bad Bad did an excellent depiction on what it looks like because they just put like a yellow tint on all the all the shots they did that were supposed to be in Mexico. (laughs) They just put a yellow tint on all the shots that they took in New Mexico. (laughs) It was like, hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Does Mexico have a yellowish hue to it? (laughs) I guess so. So on this mission trip, we went to to build a school building, special needs school building for a school that was down there. Um, and everything we did, we had to do by hand, right? Like it was, I mean, I sifted sand Mm -hmm. to, to, to be able to make cement, right? Like, I mean, everything was done by hand. We didn't have any like power tools or nothing like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so mixing cement by hand, if you've ever, ever done that, you know how tough that is. Um, especially when you're making a building. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of it. (laughs) There's a lot of it. Um, it was it was a lot, and it's it was like making a big and it gets stew. super hot during the day. It gets super cold at night. You know, uh, we were staying in the middle of the desert in a tent. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of different groups that were there doing different things. Um, so there was probably I don't know. This probably is an over exaggeration. It was probably between fifty and seventy five tents mm-hmm. in this little area, right? They brought in food, or somebody cooked food, and we would eat dinner there and whatnot. Um, so all this, we all get back safe, right? And uh, not too long after we got back, we come to find out that they uncovered a mass grave in the desert we were staying in hmm. of 300 plus people that the cartel had killed. Wow. Including a police chief, wow. I guess. Um, you know, right in the area that we were, yeah, we were literally cool. sleeping, right? Like, <laughs> so... And mm, mm, maybe we should get out of here. <laughs> so we, we, we didn't go, go back. back. We, we <laughs> chose different place to go yeah. um, after that. But so, I mean, that's kind of a, a crazy, crazy uh, story. Mm-hmm. Got real, real quick. That backs up some of those numbers, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. it. I don't know. I just, I think it's crazy that we were just there, you know, and then they... Like, it was not long after we left that they hmm. uncovered all of this. It's weird and creepy. <laughs> My dad was the one in charge, and he's very much a protector type, and he mm. was like, yeah, we're not going back there with <laughs> my children again, you know, kind of a thing. So I, I only took a shower once that whole week until we got back into the States. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was bad because the way that the showers were set up, it was in the middle of the desert, uh-huh. you know, and by the time we got back, it was dark. Um so those of us who had the, the the shower bags that that collected the sun, you know, and warmed it up over over the day, it was at least you know lukewarm, mm-hmm. if not cold. And then the shower houses were built um, like a wind tunnel. Like a wind tunnel. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. It was like a, a circular wind tunnel walls, and so it so was just you, way too cold. It, you wash it and dry at the same time. <laughs> yeah, except for you freeze to death almost. Um, so yeah, I took like one shower. <laughs> just random tidbit that really feel like if dying. Mark feels like cutting, he can, if not, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that it does offer a point 
that's not worth cutting because it's it's an appreciation for the things that we have. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it really is, and we don't, as Americans specifically, really understand what foreign poverty is. Mm -hmm. Even when you go to the inner cities, and even when you go to those you know places where there is po, mm -hmm. like they can't even afford to own R at the end. Like even when we po. go places like that in America, it still doesn't compare to yeah. other places. So, you know, I haven't. I've been to the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. I've been to Haiti, and I know yeah. you have too, Lizzie. And you don't really begin to understand how good even the poor people and the homeless people in America have it mm -hmm. until you've been to a place like that. Mm -hmm. And and there's nothing. There's not government assistance programs. There's very few places where you can go and get a hot meal. If you can, it's... It's sponsored by a church. Yeah. I mean, that is really what allows people to typically eat and, mm -hmm. and maintain maintain anything. Um, but you really begin to see what real poverty looks like in those types of settings. Did you get to go to any of the home, anybody's home, like visit mm -hmm. homes and stuff we, like that? We went to basically the slums of Port-au-Prince, oh. known as City Soleil. Yeah. And it it's it's the worst place in the city of. Yeah. The, prom the most prominent city in Haiti. And, I mean, it was it was nuts. Like, there's like, there'd be one little shack or shanty and, and maybe a part of a mattress somewhere, and you'd have six people, you know, six-person family living in this little like, yeah, shanty. Less than 10 by 10. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was it. And um, we, we did a couple like food drops there and help partner with a local pastor in that city to make sure that he could help facilitate some of the goods and things like that. We wanted it to come from them, not from us. Yeah. So um, it, it was just one of those like extraordinarily eye-opening things that <laughs> the arguments in America right now become so irrelevant. Like mm -hmm. the argument of a $15 minimum wage. It's like, you realize they live on less than one dollar a day in most yeah. cases or two dollars a day like that's it that's mm -hmm. what they get like yeah. what you spend in starbucks in a month is what they live on for a year yeah it, it's i mean how eye-opening like yeah. and and i get it like we can argue well you know jesus even says in the bible the poor will always be among you and and that's good but you know we've got to do mm -hmm. something about about that and too the, you know at one point they were the only economy that was going backwards yeah <laughs> they yeah. were like there's not a category for fourth world country but i talked to some pastors and stuff from there and they said if there was a category we would be in it yeah because and i didn't go to port-au-prince so i didn't see that part but i was out in the country mm -hmm. um so shacks like you're talking about but there's like 15 20 people living in mm -hmm. like 10 by 10 shacks yep. like family generations of families but like when you would go in to their to like visit them and talk to them, they would give you the best of what they had, whether it was drink or food mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And even though they didn't have anything, yeah. like, like it's like okay. let's put this in perspective real quick. Yeah. Right. Ten by ten. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine six people being in a ten by ten room. Most 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 probably most of the bathrooms that we have in our homes are, are roughly ten by ten. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were in a ten by ten room. My wife and I and, and our daughter, when we first got here right after, well, about six or seven months after we got here, we went from 10 by 10 room to 10 by 10 room, right? Mm -hmm. And 
we we had a bed. It was just a bedroom. I mean, we had a house too that that we that we were able to utilize, but we all shared mm-hmm. a ten by ten room. But I mean, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that is your house mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a ten by ten space. Mm-hmm. And like, then, yeah, and then seeing the little kids run around and one's got shorts and one's got a T-shirt and that's all the clothes that they yeah. have. Like, <laughs> Ain't got no pants. There's definitely little children running around. National bu- Geographic yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we actually, we, we went to back to a waterfall. We traveled like an hour by car and mm-hmm. then had to walk another hour. And we had to cross a river and that's where everybody bathed and where everybody did, you know, wash their clothes and everything like that. And that was an interesting. And everybody's like, look inside the truck. I was maybe 12 Hmm. when I went. I was the youngest person on the trip. And it's like, okay, National Geographic moment. Everybody look inside the vehicle. Hmm. And we're riding in the back of a truck. Hmm. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Here's the incredible thing, though. This is the one thing that will always stick with me is that people were so passionate about Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I have never been to worship like I'd been to worship in a makeshift tent in the back of an orphanage where you'd have 75, 80, 100 people show up. And they had no microphone. They had no instruments. They had they had nothing. And they showed up on Sunday morning at around 6 a.m. And they worshiped until about noon. And then mm-hmm. they took a break for maybe an hour. And they would go somewhere and come back with food. And then they would sit and they'd do Bible study. The men sat under this mango tree. And they sat there for another four or five hours and they would eat and they had their Bibles open and they'd talk about the Bible. And, and there was just so much passion for, for the word and for Christ. And it, it blew my mind. I mean, we were the, the Americans that showed up at, I don't know, 8.30 and we hung out till 9.30. Granted, everything was in Creole, so we didn't really understand, but you still felt this, this Presence, spirit yeah. of unity that existed and it was beautiful the songs that they sang like Mm -hmm. you might pick up a tune here or there and be like oh i know that song um but they would they would like hit sticks together or i think they had a five gallon bucket that they would would use as a drum and they would clap and they would praise in ways and worship in ways that that really convicted me in a really compelling way and you know, one of the big jiving themes this Sunday is going to be, is Jesus enough? Mm. And, yeah. and, and that's, the que- that was, that's the question that we all have to really answer in whatever context we live in is, is Jesus enough? And for them, in their poverty, mm-hmm. man, he was enough. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about, like, give us this day our daily bread, <laughs> that's all they had. Like, they yeah. lived day to day on whatever they might find, whatever somebody might give them, that was it. Like, they, and you never know when a uprising or a war or a hurricane or a flood or an earthquake is going to hit. And the little bit that you have is then gone. Uh-huh. And I'd never seen a heart for Christ the way I'd seen it in one of the most impoverished places in the world. Yeah, sometimes I wonder how rich the rich man was. Hmm. Yeah. If he was rich like me. Yeah. I mean, in comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, like, he's he's talked about as the rich man, but, like, we're wealthy in mm-hmm. comparison. Sure. Mm-hmm. To the whole rest of the world. 
I mean, I've got two Xboxes. I've got a PlayStation. I've got two 60 or, well, I've got a 60-inch and a 65-inch television. Yep. I've got, my daughter's got a 42-inch television or something like that yep. and that she, you know, plays video games on. And I've got two refrigerators and they're both stocked. And yep. um, I have thousands of dollars worth of stupid Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> games. And I have a computer that probably costs seven hundred dollars and yeah. you know a chair that costs three almost you know three hundred dollars you know like i i wonder sometimes if i'm that rich man yeah you know that isn't willing to sell it all and i mean so i don't know i'm not saying this about me necessarily but sometimes you yeah. know am i am i willing to sacrifice all that and follow jesus you know yeah. like I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but dude, you're in top, the grand you're top scheme, ten percent in the world. Grand scheme of things, you know, like yep. we I mean, we are we are all top ten percent in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Cove Cove works ten hours a week and makes more than ninety percent of the world, eighty percent of the world. Yeah, it's crazy, like that. That is that's the place that we operate out of, and. And we don't see the forest through the trees, you know? Yeah. Like, we see, well, they've got more and bigger and better than I do, and now all of a sudden I've got, that becomes my heart's desire. And I don't know, we show up for church on Sundays, and if the preacher, looking at me, right, looking in the mirror, the preacher preaches 15 minutes longer than normal, then all of a sudden you just Mm -hmm. threw off my whole day's plans, and I'm never going back to that church again. Yeah. Right. Or like, you got to let the pastor know. You know. Right. I was yeah. a little long this week. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Music was it, a little bit loud. It was good. The music was a little loud. You yeah. preached a little long, but it was a good service. You know, that's like, that's like, I, I, that would be unheard of. I know in Honduras. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. that obviously Haiti, like you, you were talking about. I mean, I know some places in in Mexico. I know and and Honduras a little bit and. I'm sure in Haiti, people aren't walking like a ten-minute walk to somewhere. No, they, they, Some they are walking three, four, five miles barefoot. Right. That, barefoot. They didn't have any, yeah, and then when we would do some food distribution, some of it happened out of the orphanage we were in. Like they would throw fifteen pounds worth of food on their head yeah. <laughs> and walk it yeah. <laughs> another five miles back. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. But they they'd walk barefoot five sometimes 10 miles right yep. just depending on where where you know some some places i know that that could be an hour hour and a half walk sure. you know whatever um to their local church and then they would just worship like david did for hours upon end mm-hmm. like shame on us for keeping our services to an hour i mean not having a heart of worship in that mm. it's all that we are you know Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But like for me, like when I went to Haiti and then um, my mom, my mom went with us and then she went back a second time and she got to see an 80 year old couple get married. They'd been together since they were in their like teens, but they had just started like coming to church not that long ago and they decided that they wanted, so they had a wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my mom's like, it was the coolest thing to see because like, they're old, so they're not going to live much longer. But, like, 
just their joy of getting married and doing what God wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and she said it was really funny because the, somebody made a wedding cake and it came back, uh, came in, somebody ho- sitting on the back of a motorcycle, holding it, mm. <laughs> balancing it, mm. driving through traffic and stuff yeah, with this cake and yeah. delivered it That'd for the wedding. That'd be the hardest wedding. job ever. And I guess in Haiti, they're, they're not super affectionate, so you don't show public displays of affection mm. and uh, the little old lady, she just grabbed his face and like full on kissed him and everybody <laughs> was like, woo! And yeah. stuff, because that doesn't happen. She was like, and now we're married, like, and I mean, they had grandkids living with them because, you know, and stuff like that and generations of family. But it was like, yep. my mom was like, it was so cool, you know, talking to the missionary and hearing their story mm-hmm. and like how they came and just were like, we know this is what God wants us to do. So we're going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. yep. and my mom's like, it was probably the best wedding <laughs> ceremony she'd ever gone to. And she didn't understand it because, yep. <laughs> again, well, it was in Creole, but like just the joy of the people and the celebration of the people. I was going to say, that almost pulls in some of some understanding of what Paul says whenever he says, I find it pure joy. And he says it several times, mm-hmm. you know, but like just that pure joy of mm-hmm. things being right with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. I mean, I can't imagine a wedding being that awesome. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That it's just like, we're literally doing this because... This is what Jesus wants, and we're all, you know, as happy as could be, and and full joy, and it's a blessing. And I just, I mean, that's something that we don't see here. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's all material yeah. here. If people, grapes are too small. people, mm-hmm. people pay tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand dollars, sometimes in some cases, for a wedding. Yeah, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's that about? That's about material stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Well, I tell most people that I find out it's getting married, like, you're probably not going to remember a whole lot about this day. Like, nope. you're just not. I mean, it's I mean, not alert. something that's going to be something that sticks in your mind. That's why you got pictures, right? Like, that's why, <laughs> that's why people take so many pictures on that day is because it's, it's, it's not something. It's such a blur, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that are you sure you want to spend $50,000 mm-hmm. on this wedding? Because mm-hmm. yep. all you're doing is showing off and being flashy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. It's it's really it's really neat. That's a really neat thing. And someday, mm-hmm. I hope to get to see something like that because yeah. that that would be really cool. But yeah. it almost brings in a perspective of of when when Paul's talking about some of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. man, that yeah. is pure joy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah. And <laughs> most people, when they're that old, they just give up. <laughs> they're like, you know what? I mean, and that's we've done really it old for people in haiti to yeah. live yeah. like so that was and then when i was there um we were walking around and we found a, a voodoo house like mm-hmm. a voodoo priest and it, they, it was interesting because they had a picture of jesus painted on the wall mm-hmm. and he was white mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was wearing a crown of thorns and stuff mm-hmm. and so uh we were praying outside of this I was with a whole bunch of adults. None of the other students wanted to go. So I was with all of the adults. And so we were praying. And because in Haiti, they still do this. They say they don't, but they still sacrifice children um, in voodoo and there some of their other religions and stuff. Um, and so we're praying, and this voodoo priestess comes up and just starts yelling at us and mm. screaming at us like while we're praying and stuff. And because I was the youngest and the smallest, she was standing right behind me yelling and screaming. And, like, I was like, I have no clue what she 
you know, obviously what she's saying or anything, but like, I was like, how often does she do this to like people that actually live there or, you know, cur- try and throw curses at them and demonic stuff at them? Like, mm-hmm. and that was really eye opening for me because I'd never, you know, mm-hmm. that was actually a little bit terrifying in some ways. Um, like, I knew God had me, but it was terrifying to think, like, oh, this is, like, real. This isn't, a, like, this isn't mm-hmm. just something you see in movies. Like, this stuff really happens. How long after that before you met your husband? A long time. Oh, I was, like, third. Okay. I was, like, <laughs> going, <laughs> I was going into ninth so grade. 12 years? I was going Maybe into, that was the I curse. was going into ninth, ninth grade. <laughs> I, I, went to a, I went to a Mercy She said yes, concert. all right? That's all I want to say. <laughs> I went to a Mercy Me concert pretty recently. And it was like this crazy story from from Haiti. Um, this pregnant girl um, couldn't afford. I mean, obviously, couldn't afford to have this baby, or didn't want to have the baby. Um, so she went to an outhouse and had the baby in the toilet and dropped it down the hole. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like some woman who was passing by and saw it like ran and found some some u.s military guys that were there like for relief or something like that and they got the baby out of of the hole and the baby was like covered in Mm -hmm. it was like two days later oh yeah and the baby was like covered in feces and Mm -hmm. just nasty and the baby lived Hmm. Well. And um, uh, do you know who Audio Adrenaline is? Yeah, yeah. yeah is that the lead the lead Their singer organization. of that band? The hands and feet. He adopted her. Mm. Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it yeah. it oftentimes blows my mind to think about the fact that you have experiences that you hear about in other countries like that. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like. Satan doesn't need to be flashy here because we don't believe in that stuff here, right? right? Like, not not we. Obviously, the ones sitting around this table still believe in that stuff. But this country doesn't put any emphasis on spiritual, mm-hmm. so it's all hidden here. Mm-hmm. That's why it's mind-blowing whenever you see things in other countries that it's just so blatant, like, whoa, like, this is yeah. obviously evil. Whereas here, it's very subtle, mm-hmm. and it and it's hidden. It's more distractions that distractions pulls away and, than anything else. And and really it's it's lies lies that are hidden in a microbe of truth, you know? People being scared, right? How scared were you whenever you found out you were pregnant? Like it's something new, right? Yeah. We're gonna be parents. Yeah. Like and then they told us it's high risk. That your body could like decide to kill the baby, fight the baby, right? Because of whatever. And then the whole time they they told us everything's fine. Everything's everything's good. Everything's as it should be. Like how easy would it be for somebody who wasn't a believer to just be like, "Oh, I don't need any of this," you know? Yeah. I mean, it's subtle. Yep. And it's hidden here. And honestly, I mean, you can if if you're in your faith, you can see that stuff in other countries because it's more prevalent but when you're here it's sneaky and that's honestly more scary to me because mm-hmm. I don't know when something evil is is coming in because I can't tell you know 
Like sometimes it's just too sneaky. Too it's mm-hmm. too sneaky. Too subtle, yeah. Yeah, and um, sometimes that can be scary. <clears throat> I'll bring it up again. I, I've I've also talked about this here, um, but my favorite representation of Satan in cinema is Viggo Mortensen in mm. the Prophecy series. And in the first one, he just has this like, I don't know, he's got this sweet tongue about him. You know, like the way he says things are just so sweet. And then like, and in, in a moment, it just snaps and it changes, and it's like it's like a dagger you know like and and so like it really is we've got truth everywhere right Mm -hmm. everything's truth my truth your truth you know santa claus's truth we've got we've got all of the truths that could possibly be out there and we can all prove it with a point of a button right like and and if that's not enough well ask a friend yeah they'll tell you all the truth you know uh and when i was when i was in high school there was something that all of our youth mentors would tell us, and that's, you know, you go up for advice, not across. And that has been completely broken in, in our society today because we, we seek out the ones that are either in the situation with us or have no idea what you're going through, really, because they haven't hit that situation yet, mm-hmm. instead of those who have come before us who have been through the situations, right? And so when that becomes who you go to, it's even easier to hide hide the truth within things you know i don't know that's a lot of rambling but that's how we are yep yeah and i've known two different missionaries that went to completely closed countries for christianity um and um they they're they both had very different experiences and what where they were and what they were doing um uh, but both of them, if they were found out, would have been killed mm-hmm. for 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 that what they were doing. One was starting a church, um, and as far as I know, they are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they just the faith to do that because they had a like uh, this this couple had a fa- their family, two or three kids like had one of their kids while they were over there mm-hmm. like. I couldn't imagine doing that and having like that the amount of faith you would have to have to go there and be like something might happen to my family mm-hmm. not just me like somebody like it's not above people to kidnap the children of missionaries and people over there mm-hmm. doing that stuff and I don't know it just blows my mind Yeah I there that's the I think there's the uh, there's that side of this discussion too so we've talked a lot about Haiti and a place where there's there is nothing but what about countries where you are living okay? So think about places that aren't necessarily third world countries where there is our cities and commerce and, and there, are, there is a middle class and, and all those kind of things. And, and yet to, to live as a, as a believer, as a, a Christ follower, mm-hmm. you, it would mean the potential to lose everything. Not going from nothing to something, but going from something to nothing. So, I mean, you talk about the rich young ruler. I think that's one of the really good analogies in all of that. But um, I've been reading story after story. You know, you read it in the, the Jesus Freaks book, which is great. Or you can read it on Voice of the Martyrs website or mm. any number 
of different websites that are out there to help speak to the persecuted church and unreached people groups. And, and you hear about these stories of people who, for whatever reason, whether it be a missionary that shows up, a Bible that shows up, a, uh, I was reading one story of um, a, a Muslim who was studying the Quran, as a good Muslim would, and thought, oh, man, Jesus is in here, but let me study the Bible just to see. Like, I want to see the comparison. I, I want to be able to speak against it. And he became a Christ follower. And it meant then that he was cast out of his family, mm-hmm. meant that he had no standing, no lot in, in life at that mm-hmm. point. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't find anything at that mm-hmm. point. And in some situations, that type of behavior could mean you either denounce your faith in Christ or we kill you. Mm-hmm. And we think it's 2022. Like, those types of things shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. And yet... Well, st- and people will push to... St- to make you believe that they're not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, that's happening here too. Um, with with different with certain denominations, um, like Jehovah's Witness. Uh, I had a buddy who was Jehovah's Witness, and I was talking to him. Like I rode the bus with him all sophomore year, and um, like we would just talk. We would just talk Bible, and um, towards the end of the year, he was like. I don't think uh, I don't think this whole Jehovah's Witness thing is right. So he went and talked to his mom about it, and she was like, "No, you don't actually feel that way. Because if you feel that way, I'm disowning you as my son, mm-hmm. and I don't want you to speak to me or speak to any of our family again." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Hmm." Um. So, and I was like, "I don't know what to do there." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's not even that because I and I knew uh, know another missionary that went to Japan, mm-hmm. and it is very against Christianity. Not in the most like the we'll kill you for it, but uh, you don't talk about it. Like mm-hmm. if you are a Christian, you don't talk about it. It's not you can lose your job, lose some status from it. They're not going to kill you, but mm-hmm. like, and they're not gonna like pursue you into the extent of a lot of these but it is a more subtle mm-hmm. subtle thing and um and they started a church there and it's they it's a whole like the mindset is completely against mm-hmm. any yep. kind of religious you know thing that goes against the norm or whatever so it's not just persecution in like the death and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. even in like societies that are sure. considered advanced, yep. you know. China, I mean, Christian persecution is huge. Crazy thing is there's more Christians in China than there are in America, mm-hmm. but there's just more people that live there than in America. But same same kind of thing. Churches have to be regulated by the government yep. in China. And if you have a house church, if you have a group of people that meets in your house, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. And they can come and put you in jail and you know, destroy all your belongings, whatever, ruin your life, basically, mm-hmm. if, if you're found out to be doing something like mm-hmm. that in, in China, right? Yeah. I mean, this is supposed to be one of the most developed nations in the world. Well, but look, so, at, what, look at what they've been doing to yeah. the... The, uh, the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs, yeah. 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 Like... Yeah. The, one, of the peop- one of the people was in China that, I've, that I know, mm-hmm. and then the emails and stuff they couldn't send anything like about being christian about sure. god yep 
and they would just put like the news or something like that, you know, yep. and um, they were actually in kind of influence, influential positions in what they were doing because they were more of like a support system for the missionaries and supported the missions by actually owning businesses in China and doing mm-hmm. things like that to help, you know, the underground church there. And um, it's it's crazy, like, to think they can't even, like, email because it's being, mm-hmm. you know, it's being watched because, yep. Yep. you know, and I don't know. I just, it just blows my mind and to willingly want to choose that and do that. And I don't know. And they so, were older when they did it. They were in like their fifties and sixties when they decided to do this, and they'd never done that before, anything like that before. Yep. So, so back to the question at hand. I, I think that it's the same question that Jesus himself asked that that rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. I guess he was wealthy, right? Because mm-hmm. he was, but was that am I enough? Mm-hmm. Is Jesus enough? Mm-hmm. Right? Like. Essentially, that's what he asked him. Mm-hmm. You know, get rid of everything, mm-hmm. and then come and follow me. Like, am I enough for for your sustenance? Mm-hmm. I think it's a serious question we got to ask ourselves. Like, yeah. are we are we are we treating him yep. like he's enough? Are we treating everything in our life like he's enough? Yep. Somebody asks you for something, are you are you willing to give it because you have it? You know, like, I don't know. That's it's a serious question we got to ask ourselves. Like, especially in a country that is nowhere near poor. Right. We are nowhere near the worst country in the world. Right. We're nowhere near even coming close to being a third world country. I think we could have another civil war and still not be a third world country. Yeah. I mean, so here in our context. And I know there's people listening around the world, maybe. There has been people listening around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe your context is a little different, but the question still remains, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that's, that's, is Jesus enough? It's the question we all have to answer. Mm-hmm. And what, I don't know, one of the things that just helps further confirm my faith is when, when I hear of these stories and, and learn of these people who willingly put it all on the line. And, and it amazes me, and it makes me wonder, do, do, do I have the same faith that they do? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, story after story of persecution and hardship and, and children being taken from them, families being executed in front of a pastor because of what he believed, and he refused to renounce his faith. People singing and, and worshiping God as their throats are being slit, as their tongues are being cut out, as one of the stories, they were being run over by a steamroller. I mean, you think, that's not an instant death. Like, Mm-mm. that is slow. probably as Thanks. slow and painful as it's going to come. Like, and they're worshiping. And I, it just helps you think, like, can this not be true? I, I, I don't know what else there is worth dying for that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might talk about like some radical Muslims and how they're willingly blowing themselves up and all that kind of stuff. And, but that's a different kind of thing mm-hmm. than I have to bury my Bible 300 yards from the house that I live in 
and I have to wrap it in a bag so it doesn't dry rot. And then I have to wait until it's dark out to go and dig my Bible up to come into the house, you know, a small shack that we've put curtains up and light a candle. And there's a dozen of us that can gather and we can't sing too loud because if somebody else is alerted to what's happening, all of this ends. We go to prison. We are killed. We are tortured. We are required to renounce our faith in in order for us to live. Like, well, ninety nine percent of us in America have how many Bibles on our shelves collecting yeah, dust? It's it's crazy, and you know it, we should be we should feel ashamed as Americans because we are not we're not as serious about our faith as most of the world. We should feel ashamed by that. There are, well, there, are over, there are over 300 million people in the world that live in a place, that are Christians, that live in a place where if they are found out or they, or they are actively persecuted for their beliefs. 300 million people. That's the, the total population of America. Yeah. In the world. Right that trust in, in God, that believe in Christ. And because of that, they're persecuted. They're in prison. They have to worship underground, you know, at night, after they've worked all day. Like, that's how much Jesus means to them. Mm-hmm. They're not singing songs out of hymn books. They're just singing songs that they make up because the Spirit's in their heart. And they trust that much. And they believe that much. And their faith is that deep. And yet we are the definition of what Jesus meant by it is so much harder for (laughs) a rich man to get into heaven than a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. Sure, sure. And and that's a big that's a big part of the heart behind this weekend for us here is how many people do come because of the music and the lights and the haze and the the ease of what we make church. Right. We we have a, a hospitality team. Right, which is a great thing to have, but that's to make people feel comfortable. And church isn't about being comfortable. Church should be about being challenged, right? And deepening our faith and growing in our faith and and committing really all of our all of our life to Christ. And so, what happens? Even an hour of your life to Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to do this for an hour, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uncomfortable for me. It's going to be uncomfortable the, for Are you going to turn the AC on? No, we're going to keep the air conditioning oh. on. All right, we should, yeah. Right, there's a few creature comforts we're going to maintain. We're going to keep the air conditioning on, and we're still going to serve coffee, all right? I I don't know. I, I mean, I know that that's what's going to end up happening, <laughs> but I'm a proponent of getting rid of those things, too. All right. Maybe but, we should, okay, maybe we'll turn the AC but, to, like, 74. I think Derek would kill us for that. But, <laughs> um, he would. He'll be sick this Sunday. I'm certainly going to point Sunday. those things out as we sure, gather. Sure, sure. You know? and, and that's that's really it, too, though, is, like, how many self-proclaimed Christians are, are living for that hour on Sunday mm-hmm. and and not living it with their lives? I mean, like, the people that you're talking about, the persecuted church, mm-hmm. the, the churches that maybe not persecuted, some countries aren't persecuted, but they're third world countries. You know what I mean? Still, like, those people, they they live it. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, 
we come to church on a Sunday morning, yeah, and that's gonna, when we get our Jesus on, and then, Sunday, yeah. and then we focus on us the rest of the week. I mean, it, you don't have to necessarily go out and do a bunch of bad things the rest of the week to not be living for Christ the rest of the week. Yep. Like, it should be a constant thought in your mind. That's what the whole, like, you know, pray without ceasing is all about, is, mm-hmm. the, is the being in constant communication with the one who's supposed to be dwelling inside of you. Mm-hmm. Like, so that you're living every step in worship with Jesus. Every moment of every day. Yep. And yet, one hour. Yep. And we're frustrated if, that's, if that is lengthened. Yep. Because we're not going to make it to lunch on time. Yep. And Lord knows, you don't want to be late getting to Perkins. Because if you are late getting to Perkins, you're going to be there for at least three <laughs> hours. Yeah. Been there, done that, friends. And I'm still sorry for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe we haven't been harsh enough. Maybe we haven't we haven't called out each other enough in this country mm-hmm. over that. You know, we we are so very worried a lot of times that if we push that button, we push that 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 line in the sand of we got to keep it to an hour that people will leave. Mm -hmm. And you know what? How many people left Jesus whenever he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood? Mm -hmm. You think he was worried about it? He was saddened by it, sure. I mean, but it didn't stop him from meaning it. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't stop him from pushing that line and that boundary. Yeah, I mean, our, our job is to share the gospel. Right. We can't make people believe it. Right. They've got to do that on their own. So we've got to do whatever we can to most effectively share it in our context, just as Christ did. But he didn't make it easy because it's not. And he didn't force anybody to believe it. Here's what it means. Right. It means laying down your life and picking up your cross. Which is uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not getting uncomfortable for Jesus... You're not living for him. Right. You may be a Christian. I'm not going to call out your salvation. But if you're not getting uncomfortable for Jesus, you're not living for him. It's just not happening. I think you could go as far as to say the enemy has got you right where he wants you. Yeah. He really does. He... I don't know. I mean, I think he's willing to chalk up his losses like, "Mm, lost one to Christ, but I can make them ineffective. Yeah. My one of my favorite my one of my favorite sayings is complacency kills. Mm-hmm. Once you've become complacent, mm-hmm. that just kills your witness, that kills your your faith, yeah. that kills your your blessings. It, it you start to die once yeah. you become complacent. Yeah. Especially in your walk with Christ. Yeah. Well, the driving question in all of it is is Jesus enough? Is he enough when you don't have and is he enough to sacrifice what you do? Mm-hmm. He says we have to be willing to do that. It's a pretty harsh statement, but he says you have to be willing to hate your own mother and brother and father and sister. You have to hate. You have to be willing to hate in order to understand what it means to, to love him. Mm-hmm. That's how great your love has to be. And, and this is also coming from the same Christ who says... To hate is murder. Mm. He's not saying that that we are to hate them, 
but he's saying that we have to have that same zeal and the inverse for Christ. Mm-hmm. So is he enough? Is he enough that you're willing to to put your job on the line? Is he enough to willing mm-hmm. to be willing to to move to a place where you know God's calling you and yet you're unwilling to sacrifice the house and the boat and the cars, the TV, whatever you might have? Is he enough for you to get into a place where it might mean that, man, any moment somebody finds you out, you're probably going to be persecuted for it. You might go to trial for it. You might go to jail for it. Maybe your life would even be demanded of you for it. Are you willing to live like Paul? Hey, man, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, I win because of the faith that I have because of who I follow. Is Jesus enough? So that's the question we all have to answer. We all have to be willing to stand in it. And something that has been brought to my attention several times, um, us actually, you know, living in the United States, the United States is sends out the most missionaries, but guess which country also receives the most missionaries from other countries? Yeah. The United States. Christian missionaries. Yep. The the big arc thing, and I'm not saying that Ken Ham's theology is completely right, but the whole arc in, and the Creation Museum up in Kentucky, Kentucky Kentucky. Fried Chicken, um, all that stuff. He, he looked at the United States as a mission field. And he came from Australia as a missionary to America. And he a ended up in the penal colony. He ended up in the Bible belt for crying out yeah. loud. Like, how insane is that? Yep. Well, I mean, how many times have mm-hmm. we talked about that too though? Yeah. Right? Like the Bible belt. Yeah. Which is filled with Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And and people who get so legalistic. I mean it's time to I, I think it's time to start calling people on on the shenanigans mm-hmm. and the bs and the calling people out to to start living living like christ is enough mm-hmm. i mean what if what if that was our response right mm-hmm. when somebody complained is christ enough mm-hmm. music's too loud is christ enough mm-hmm. you know it you preach too long is christ enough might even go as far as I'll leave that one for another Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with that one. Sorry, we're gonna leave everybody else listening in the dark. Yeah, but seriously though, like kids are running through the hallways. Is Christ enough? Praise God. Like yeah. we've got children in church. Yeah. And they're excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> they're having fun at church. Yeah. Learning about Jesus. My kid. Think I'm so thankful that my kid gets to go to a Christian school yeah. where she comes home and she tells me stories. Ironically, she's studying through David, which is what I've been told I need to preach on here yeah, coming up cool. soon. Uh, so there's it's like, sign. yeah, there's my that's sign. ironic. There's your sign. <laughs> yeah. well, we just talked then, about this whole thing in, in the book of Ruth. Like, there right, is yeah, no irony yeah, in no, any of this. There well, is no coincidence. Well, right. Oddly enough, like, when she comes home, like, she doesn't always quite get the stories right. <laughs> and so we have to, like, figure out what well, they are. Yeah. Except it's for like a... And like solving a mystery. Yeah, like, it is. It's but it's great. But she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. But this this week she can't. Was it Abigail? Yeah. David and Abigail, and I was like, David and Abigail. She like said, we're both okay, like, this, but this is what she said. Well, Abby, she said. She said, 
David had to kill Abby's wife. <laughs> and we had to unpack that. <laughs> and then explain it again to her, right? Like, we had to figure out what she was talking. Oh, no. The king had to. Un- it was David, yeah. Uh, yeah, but she was king saying David, the king, yeah. right? The king had to kill Abby's wife. Right. Right. Which no. she meant that David. Killed Abby's husband. Didn't kill Abby's husband. It was God killed Abby's husband. Yeah. Abigail's yeah, husband. Yeah. yeah. But like, so there's there's a whole thing we had to unpack, but it caused us to have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and we all had, we like, had to look oh, it yeah. up and we had to like try to figure out what are you talking about? <laughs> she was like, like this is no. crazy. She was one of David's wives. And I was like, right. I don't and remember it was like, Abigail. Abigail. Became, yeah. 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 Right. And I was like, right. I was so, like, it was, it was, it was. And she's five. Like, so she's in pre-K. But man, how exciting is that? No, I don't remember her husband's okay. name. How exciting is that, though? Yeah. Like, That's I mean, yeah. the fact that, that we've got kids at all wanting to run around and hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I and hear they kids. don't care what color each other are, mm-hmm. right? Nobody cares. Yeah. What, 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 they're all having fun, yeah. right? And they're all learning together. Yeah. And they're all excited and to be like, with each other. See each other, and they're screaming and each other's names, and, and they're thundering this, down the hallways. At it each is other. a pure joy, <laughs> right? You get to see the purest form of joy. Yeah. Jesus says, "Let the children come to me," right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's because that childlike faith is is so pure, mm-hmm. right? And so, when, when you hear a complaint about, well, the kids are running, like, is Good. Jesus enough? Mm-hmm. Like, the guitar was too loud. The, the vocalists weren't in sync. Online didn't sound as good as it could. Is Jesus enough for you? Yeah. And well, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. I just want to make sure I have to clarify. We're not saying mediocrity is right either. Yeah. Like, we should strive for excellence because no, right. Jesus is Absolutely. enough in everything. But we're, we're talking doing. about people right. Right. who are, are Christians right. who are complaining about little things and missing the point. Right. And that's really what this weekend is about. You're right. Is Jesus enough? Like, we are to strive for excellence. Everything we do, we're supposed to do it like we're doing it for Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But is Jesus enough? advice for you when you're doing classwork and schoolwork at Bible college. That's what one of my professors told me is do it as if you were doing it for Jesus. And I was like, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that means don't spark note it like I did. (laughs) Well, there's a time and place for spark notes. I promise you that. Is spark notes your guys' quizlet? Yeah, Spark okay. Notes. Oh, quiz, Quizlet is good too. Oh, Quizlet. Yeah, yeah. Has, Quizlet has everything. There's Spark Notes. There was Cliff Notes came before it, right? Like that was. I don't know. Spark Notes oh, and another one. Was, and I, so I went to college after you, even though I'm older than you. Okay. But well, I had Spark Notes. Quizlet That's what was I a big one. It, I never I'm, used I'm, any. I'm of outing those. myself right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was a class I had to take, and I took it through a community college as opposed to through Johnson when right. I was there because of the way it was being offered or whatever, it didn't work out. So I took it online, and I'm pretty sure the prof just, like, went to Quizlet and was like, copy and paste, here's all your assignments. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all my professors okay. for, the last, for the last two semesters have been like, don't plagiarize your work. And I'm looking on Quizlet, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> you did. <laughs> this is on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but something that I've like that I'm looking forward to 
I'm looking forward to like learning, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned through Bible stories and stuff, and you know, um, Sunday school and youth group, and but I want to learn more intensively so that I can, you know, defend my faith. Here's and a fair warning: faith and your faith is going to be tested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The things that you believe. They're going to be tested. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're going to be tested by your professors. They're going to be tested by your best friends. Yep. They're going to come into question things that you believe. And guess what? You're going to find out some of the things you believe are wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find out that some of the things that your friends believe are wrong. Yep. And some of the things that your professors teach you are wrong. It's because nobody's got it right. Mm. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be challenging. And ministry is a very difficult route to take. Mm-hmm. For everyone, mm-hmm. the Christian path is not as cut and dry as as it should be, mm-hmm. because people have gotten in the way and muddied it up. Mm-hmm. And that's why this question is so important. I mean, that's why we're driving this home is because we may not agree on the spiritual gifts, but is Jesus enough? Mm-hmm. Is Jesus enough for us to be able to worship together mm-hmm. and and to preach together and stand beside one another? when things get hard. Mm-hmm. We may not agree on w- when salvation happens, right? Baptism, not baptism, before, mm-hmm. after, sprinkling, immersion. We may not agree on that, but is Jesus enough mm-hmm. that we can get together and worship and we can praise his name and we can advance the gospel for him and for others? So when you go to college... You have to go with a strong understanding of what you currently believe. Mm -hmm. But the understanding that you could be wrong in some of those beliefs. Mm -hmm. And you have to do the work to understand whether or not Mm -hmm. you are right or wrong. Mm -hmm. That work is going to be required of you. And Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be easy. But it's going to be a blast. There's going to be a lot of fun in that. But it's not going to be easy. And yeah, you have spark notes sometimes because you just don't have time in the day to read a book a week and write a report on it why not because some of us are the slowest readers in the world <laughs> and we chose to take philosophy as one of our majors so dumb yes yeah. i was the, anyways the, the big challenge though especially co for you is there's not a lot of spark notes for christian college yeah so <laughs> when you find the run-of-the-mill everyday whatever classes through whatever local community college or state-run college you can find all that there yeah, but you, you can spark note a lot of the books. <laughs> a lot of the books they make you read, like Thomas Aquinas and all those guys. Like, yeah, there's some spark notes for their books, I promise. Take us home. Well, we've been on an adventure <laughs> all around the world, friends. <laughs> and we walk away with the question, is Jesus enough? That's the question that we all have to answer inevitably. And it's the question that we're all going to to be charged with answering Mm. when our life is demanded of us. It might be today and it might be tomorrow. And regardless of whether you die for your faith or you die because of natural causes or some idiot was driving poorly on the road and killed you, regardless of what that might mean, we're all going to die. And the way that we answer that question, is Jesus enough, is going to determine how we spend eternity. So I would say answer wisely. If you don't think he's enough, I would tell you to take a second look. Mm -hmm. If you don't think he's enough, I would tell you not to look at your neighbor to try to see Jesus in them because 
they're not going to be a completely accurate representation of Christ. Only Jesus is enough. So regardless of what your endeavors with the faith have been, I would challenge you to take another hard, long look and to really think about how you're going to respond to that question. Is Jesus enough? It's been awesome. Great chat. Great talk. Uh, And I can't wait till we get to do this again next week and see what kind of other shenanigans we can uncover. Have fun without me. Lizzie's (laughs) not going to be here because she's sabbaticalizing herself. (laughs) Sounds like uh, I'm checking myself into an institution. Well, you're going to spend time with your parents. So (laughs) it's pretty close to this insane asylum. (laughs) Pretty close to the funny farm, if you ask me. (laughs) It is the funny farm we're talking about. I'm hey. just smiling and nodding. I'm just going to put that out there. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. The truth response at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us a message and give us an answer. Is Jesus enough? Can't wait to uh, hear from you. And God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.